today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. The Arkells playing us back into the show after the news break. That was a show that I missed last year. Uh, they were supposed to uh, play uh, Tim Hortons Field, of course, a big outdoor concert. Sold it out the first time they did that, and uh, we were looking forward to that. Had tickets, and of course, it's been delayed, as everything else has. But live music is a big part of local economies. As a matter of fact, virtually every Canadian city has a big event, like, well, Blues Fest in Ottawa, of course. The, get the Montreal International Jazz Festival. Uh, here in Hamilton, uh, well, a bunch of them. Super Call Festival of Friends uh, down in London, of course, for our, our listeners on. 980, uh, the big uh, four-night festival at Harris Park on the Thames, uh, and, and they're all on hold. Uh, and they're, they, well, we don't want to lose these again in 2021 because these things matter to the community in so many different ways. So what are we going to do about this, and, and how is the government going to respond to this? Joining us to talk about all of this is Aaron Benjamin, who is the president and CEO of Canadian Live Music Association. Aaron, a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks for joining us today. Nice to be here, Bill. Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, well, economies and, and impact, first of all, because when we say uh, music festivals, I, I don't want people to just walk away with the impression that, so what, a bunch of people get together and they listen to a few bands and then they're back home. Uh, this matters. I mean, this this employs an awful lot of people and brings a lot of revenue into communities, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, prior to the pandemic, the Canadian live music industry writ large was contributing $3 billion to our federal GDP and creating 72,000 jobs. There's direct and indirect benefits, uh, economic, social, and cultural, of course, but, uh, you know, employer of many and connected to all kinds of other local businesses like restaurants or corner stores or Ubers or, or hotels, you name it, everyone benefits when there is a thriving live music economy locally. Well, I mean, I can tell you from past experience, of course, we have our Festival of Friends, which has been going on uh, for many, many years, of course, here in the Hamilton area. And and in talking to the organizers in past years, first of all, people from all over North America come to it. You know, it's not just a local festival. Same mm-hmm. as most of the festivals we already talked about here. Uh, they attract people from all over the place. Uh, and if they do, they stay in hotels. As you say, they stay for two or three days for the festival. Uh, they go to restaurants. I mean, they're, they're, they're pumping money into the local economy. And because of what happened with the pandemic, pandemic that money's gone and that that's a huge hole to fill oh absolutely i mean it's it's devastating on so many levels but the tourism aspect here is is really you know it's hard to ignore and it's why we need to make sure that as much of our cultural infrastructure remains post-pandemic as possible and we need to be doing things like making sure these festivals and live music venues can survive so that they're part of our economic recovery, especially from the tourism perspective. We need reasons for folks to come and visit our cities and towns across the country, and live music uh, gives them those reasons. How are they hanging in? I mean, it's, it's last year was, was terrible, but we I think we survived that, Aaron, with the anticipation that, well, this is one a one-time thing by next year we're going to be fine well we're heading into summer of 2021 right now and uh, uh it, it's not looking great right now it doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to happen but i mean we're, we're looking for uh, a revival here and i know these people that are doing this year in and year out for these communities uh, are, are looking for some some guidance from the government here for sure and you know i i i don't want to be a downer but summer 21 is not looking good um in many places and that's that's really tragic uh i think that organizations and companies are for the most part doing whatever they can by cobbling together a, a variety of different uh government relief measures be they provincial or federal and you know and this unfortunately uh, we've, we're still seeing layoffs and furloughs uh, folks leaving the industry to find work in other sectors. Uh, everyone is sort of doing their best to tread water and and 
get to the finish line, which remains invisible for a lot of those working in life. And, and the impact, of course, as you say, is pretty widespread. I mean, you know, we can start right at the top of the list with the musicians. Uh, if you're not playing live gigs, what are you doing? Uh, you know, because that's what they would do, especially in this time of year. Uh, it, it's virtually impossible to take it out there and entertain. And I, I know, you know, the virtual concerts are a great alternative to a point, uh, but it's not the same as being at a live show. And, and, and so we're missing on that. And those people are missing. And then there's the people involved in in, uh, in putting on these festivals. And, and I'm not just talking about the organizers, but I mean, sound crews, lighting crews, so many different people that are involved in this enterprise. Oh, absolutely. And of course, in Ontario, you know, speaking of the artists, it's, it's, it's so hard because live streaming has been... Uh, is not allowed currently. So whether you're a festival or a music venue and you were attempting to move some money through the ecosystem by live streaming out of your venue uh, or or using a venue, uh, we're not able to do that right now at all. So that's really compounded our challenge. Uh, even though some governments in Ontario uh, through the Reconnect program and uh, federally have found some money for live you know, COVID safe events, uh, but a lot of those have been postponed and cancelled as well as we wait for uh, you know cases cases to come down and restrictions to change. So it's been it's just been one thing after another for this sector, unfortunately, because you're right. We're not just talking about artists. We're talking about production people. We're talking about porta potties, fencing, security. The list of uh, the supply chain goes on and on. How disappointing is it uh, for you and 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 your members? Uh, to not hear much in the way of support, if any, from from both federal and provincial governments about this. Uh, I, I don't know if it's that they don't grasp this or they do and they just don't think it's a priority. And, and I'm not being naive here. I don't expect, you know, the finance minister to stand up in the commons of Minister Freeland and put this right at the top of the list. We have to look after this. I get that. But it's a part of local economies. And, and, and I hope they understand the gravity of the situation here and the impact that this is having. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what, Bill, on April 19th, the federal budget was delivered. And I have to say, I think in, in part as a result of our amazing campaign that we've been running since February called For the Love of Live, and your listeners can Google that and see a lot of the amazing interactions online that we've been having as a result of that. That campaign, I think, made a difference in the federal budget. We did see uh, some significant resources that have been allocated should things proceed as we hope they will in terms of the budget passing and programs being developed. Um, in response to this. So the, the hope is that sector-specific emergency will, relief will find its way into the industry. But this takes time, of course, uh, in some sometimes many months. So I think, I think governments understand. I think the federal government has done what they feel is best. Uh, a lot remains to be seen. So we're cautiously optimistic that that money will make a difference if it rolls out sooner rather than later. Um, but it's it's definitely been an ongoing battle and and helping governments to understand again our our intrinsic nature to other business sectors as well as our economic social and cultural impacts i mean it's it's exponential and if we lose a big chunks of our cultural infrastructure like festivals and live music venues we're we're losing the soul of who many of our neighborhoods and cities and towns are we simply can't let that happen and, and it's difficult as it is i mean even under here we go again with that phrase normal circumstances uh it, it was 
pretty tough for a lot of these festivals because they rely on, on support from governments. So in a lot of cases, it's local governments, of course, to, to be able to spring some money on this. And here in Ontario, of course, there's, there's going to be uh, some provincial money available for this, too, through that, that ministry. Uh, and that when that dries up, of course, you have to wonder about the long-term viability of things like this. I, I, the concern that we've been expressing for the last, I guess, year and a half now, Aaron, with small businesses, is they've been so negatively impacted that a lot of them may not reopen again. And, and we're hoping uh, that that's not going to happen with this industry. I mean, I, I don't want anybody to just throw up their hands and say, you know what, we just can't hang on anymore. Well, I think that's probably inevitable in some cases, unfortunately, because it's been such a grind. And when you let go the majority of your workforce and can't get them back, I think you feel even more beleaguered. Uh, the other reality, Bill, that I think the sector is going to face is debt load. Uh, when we are back on our feet, it's not a simple matter of flipping a switch and bam, there's a festival uh, the, we, we need a certain length of runway for that. And we also need to look ahead to our the reality of getting back on our feet and how long that will take and what the impact of carrying, you know, exponential debt will, what will that mean exactly? There's so many unknowns, but I have to say this is an incredibly resilient sector. People who are so passionate about music and artists and they're fighting every day to find ways to make it to the finish line. And uh, and we're, we're here to support them. And I know that fans right across the country, again, through our campaign and other means have been really sharing their love and, and hope for the future because, uh, you know, Canada is built on so many of these festivals. They define who we are as a country in so many ways. And uh, so we're optimistic, at least. Well, and I'm glad you got into the logistics of it because it's something that maybe the average individual doesn't necessarily understand. Uh, but it, it takes a lot of money, obviously, but a lot of time uh, to make these uh, these festivals as successful as they've been. I mean, you talk to some of the organizers of, well, in the Hamilton area, like Supercrawl, and I know you're aware of that. It's a huge festival in downtown Hamilton. They block off three or four main streets in the downtown, and the place is just jammed with humanity. Uh, but you can't book an act like that the day before the show. I mean, it, it takes almost a year to plan these things, to book the acts and to make sure that you, you've you got the people booked. And, of course, there are so many different festivals going on, uh, and it's about availability and everything else. And, and so I can understand uh, the angst that a lot of your members are feeling right now, Aaron, because they're going to say, we need to know when. Uh, do we need to plan for this year? If not, okay, let's let's deal with that. But they don't know. There are, there are no answers at this stage. Oh, so true. From Supercrawl to Sunfest in London. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. you know, and, and, and the other thing, as we see uh, on the production side, we see companies close permanently. Again, we see that loss of brain trust, um, companies with gear. I mean, imagine if we're ready to go as a live music industry, but we don't have access to that supply chain. So that's been... You know, that's been a huge part of our conversation here to try and make sure that those production folks um, can have the same kind of access to resources and emergency relief as others, perhaps. But you're right. I mean, we we, we need to plan ahead. And that's why you saw some festivals announce um, in, you know, back in January, February, announced for the summer, thinking optimistically that we'd have an opportunity, but also so they could plan and put a plan in place to execute, not to mention uh, to accommodate all of the challenges that, um, you know, COVID restrictions and measures um, require. So we need to be keep people safe. Um, and, and a lot of that is very new, of course, in the execution of events. We haven't had to do that before. So all of the thinking and planning and budgeting um, just to postpone or cancel, uh, which is OK. I mean, the, the live music industry is very, very interested. Our number one priority is keeping people safe, of course, and, mm -hmm. and we want to be able to do that. But we, 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 we won't be able to just flip a switch. And we need to, again, 
to work very hard to make sure that our supply chain remains intact so that we can have those folks and their expertise to help us when we are ready. Well, and there's another element to this, too, that uh, that I, I don't want to see lost here, uh, and that's the fact that many of these festivals, as a matter of fact, I guess probably in one way of, or, or another, Aaron, all of them, uh, actually cultivate uh, not just interest in, in live music, but in the next generation, because invariably they all have workshops, they all have sessions, they all have uh, a portion of their festivals where, where new talent's being encouraged, uh, and, and that encourages, you know, festivals in the future as well, and the, and the future uh, artists that are going to play in these sorts of things. That's a big part of, the, of that whole genre, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's such a great point, Bill. I'm so glad you raised that because one of the things that, among many others that keep me up at night, is the loss of opportunity for emerging artists. Um, and so, you know, you go to a festival and you have that discovery opportunity. And while there's a huge volume of live streaming activity online from around the world, it doesn't necessarily facilitate. It's, it's hard to find new artists. How do we find them if we didn't know about them or if no one's talking about them? So it's such it's such an important thing we can't lose sight of is how do we continue to create opportunities for that next generation of artists so that we are, you know, we're creating not only the stars of the future, but those those mainstays of the festivals that we go back to see every year. It's And for local artists too, it's just, it must be, it is such a difficult time for these folks uh, to generate income, to generate awareness. Uh, I, I, I just, it's so hard to think about these, these artists and the opportunities that are being lost. So it's, it's a preoccupation of mine and of the entire industries right now, for sure. Aaron, is it encouraging that we're seeing some breakthroughs in other areas? I mean, they're a little ahead of the curve more than we are when it comes to the vaccinations and things like that. But, uh, you know, there are some concerts that are happening uh, down in the States now. Uh, UK, same sort of situation. They had a big one, a, a kind of a, a let's see if it works out in Germany, I guess, about a week or so ago. Uh, with Forty or 50,000 people there, and, and that seemed yeah. to go just fine. So there, there seemed to be some, some encouraging signs anyway. Absolutely. And, and we take a lot of learnings from other markets internationally and we bring that information to government and we look at options here and there have been a variety of efforts and attempts to get pilot events off the ground in Canada, but uh, none yet for obvious reasons. It's just so complex from a public health perspective. But for sure, I mean, there's, there's definitely signs of life out there and I, well, all of us are sort of clinging to that hope that, that Canada's in line eventually for that experience. And we're going to get there. It's just a matter of what do we need to do today? And I've said it a couple of times, I'm going to say it again, to protect our cultural infrastructure so that we can hit the ground running when the time comes, because this industry so very badly wants to be part of our rebuild and recovery. And we need to make sure that we get there in order to be able to do that. Well, and we talk about the importance of small business when it comes to economic recovery, and, and these festivals play such a large part in that, uh, and, and not just, as you say, for the festival itself, but it's for the, the spin-off uh, effects that it's having on some of those small businesses, restaurant districts, etc. cetera. Uh, it's not lost on us, for instance, you know, when we talked about Supercall and it closing off a number of the streets, uh, it's right in the middle of the restaurant district, down on King William Street and James Street, uh, and those places all benefit, and I know that's the same thing with the Blues Fest in Ottawa and all these other festivals that are going on as well. Uh, and we want to make sure that that's going to continue uh, uh, on an ongoing basis right now. Uh, and the government has to understand that this is going to be a big part of this. It's it's not just a, hey, we want to go have a good time. There's an economic impact to this as well that can't be lost. Well, it's, it's exponential. And I don't know if the average uh, Canadian really unpacks that 
uh, you know, how the dollar moves through a community, but these are intrinsic uh, collaborations. I mean, there's a reason they work. There's a reason they're exciting and vibrant festivals like Supercrawl that are built the way they are. It's because of the experience, but also uh, the, the partnership aspect. And uh, you're 100% right. If we were to wipe out a certain percentage of festival activity in this country, everyone would feel it. Well, here's hoping that there are going to be better days ahead. And, and again, I, I, I share the angst that you and your members have right now. We don't know about this year. Uh, and you can't just throw something together in a couple of minutes. You know, it, it's going to take some planning on this. And uh, we're looking for some guidance. I know that the lockdown is supposed to end 10 days from now. We're hearing stories, and I'm sure you've seen them too, that indicate that it may actually go to the middle of June now, uh, which is not great news, I guess, for people that are entertaining the idea of trying to get some of these things going for the summertime. But... Uh, keep our fingers crossed hopefully we're going to push the vaccination rates and see if that's going to be a factor in this as well because uh, i want to see this happen and and you know in some way shape or form uh this year certainly but uh going forward there's got to be some consistency about this uh and some support from this too and as you say there seem to be some indications that that's happening so uh, let's keep our fingers crossed fingers crossed uh get your vaccinations friends so that we can be back together in front of a stage as soon as possible because it's going to take all of us to get to that finish line and uh, when we do it's going to be a beautiful beautiful thing sure is Aaron thanks so much for the time today uh, stay well and uh, we'll talk again soon hopefully with some good news soon appreciate it Bill thank you very much take care Aaron Benjamin of course president and CEO of Canadian Live Music Association the Bill Kelly show weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML